0: We bought actually a big enter button and once we have, it's like a gong. So once we're finding vulnerability, we are pressing on the enter. So, so it's like a gong.
1: Welcome to 20
0: Minute Leaders.
1: Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Opwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Let's talk about what it's like being a security researcher, a vulnerability threats researcher. Meet Sharon Brezinov, vulnerability research team lead at Clarity, where his focus areas are critical infrastructure systems, IoT devices, and malware analysis. Under his guidance, the vulnerability research team at Clarity has found and disclosed more than 200 vulnerabilities, most of which have been been patched or mitigated by the affected vendor, improving the safety of the ICS domain and critical infrastructure sectors worldwide. Sharon has also participated in well-known hacking competitions, such as PWN2Own, and he owns a DEF CON black badge for winning the ICS CTF contest. Okay, Sharon Briznov,
0: welcome to Twenty Minute Leaders. How are you? Hey, thank you very much. Uh, I'm great. How are you, Michael?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, You're today. You run the vulnerability research team within uh, Clarity. uh, That's right. And that sentence is so cool in itself. And while you know, I I I come from a little bit of a cyber background, and so I understand. A little bit about what do you do. I I find it so cool, and and I'm so excited to get to speak to you in these 20 minutes and share, you know, this passion with with the rest of the with the rest of my friends and colleagues. And because being a security researcher is not trivial, the process is not trivial, the things that you experience is not trivial. And so I'm really excited to get to know you better, the way that you think, but also the life cycle of discovering these threats. What happens before, during, and after. So Sharon. Take me back first a little bit to your childhood. How do you get to become a, a threat or vulnerability researcher?
0: Yeah, okay, so that's uh, actually a very funny story. Uh, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I was really fascinated by uh, the culture of the hackers. So I remember <laughs> watching, I don't know, I don't remember exactly at what age it was, but I think it was around six or seven. I uh, saw Matrix for the first time and Matrix, is the movie about hackers so they're kind of hacking the matrix which is kind of a virtual platform that uh, humans can connect uh, with machines uh, through the matrix and i remember watching this and i was just fascinated i thought hackers were so cool they had guns, and they did a couple uh, of cool stunts, and I was just amazed. Uh, so it took, it took me a couple of years to understand uh, that hackers is just, uh, it's, it's not really about uh, action movies, uh, rather uh, hacking computers and uh, typing uh, fast on the keyboard. But this is what caught me, the, the interaction with computers so you can change the reality inside a computer. This is what fascinated me from a very early stage.
1: I love it and so how do you act on that fascination so you're at an early stage you realize you're fascinated by these questions what what did you do then as a kid how do you how do you sort of feed your curiosity with that
0: yeah so it's, it's a good question so i i received my first computer at the age of uh, eight or nine something like that and i immediately started to wonder how it how it's working so what is a cpu what is ram how do you interact with the computer uh how do you create programs? So very fast, I started to create my own C programs and I started to interact and create some very simple Hello World style programs. Uh, and it was so cool that I was able to create my own creations using the computer. So I developed a, a calculator so I could calculate how much is a two plus two. And I was just fascinated by the fact that I can, can create my own products. So this is, was my first interaction or my first introduction with the computer world. And with time, I was intrigued and very I was very interested to understand how the computer really works. So I invested a lot of time in understanding how assembly, how can I write programs in assembly and Python, in PHP, other, other uh, languages. And I started to develop my own websites, my own programs. Uh, and this is how I really got fascinated and intrigued into the uh, computer world. Mm
1: -hmm. And so, if you fast forward today to the position of a vulnerability researcher, Yeah. Dumb it down for me, what does that mean?
0: Okay, so it's a great question. Uh, So, we are vulnerability researchers. This means our goal eventually is to find vulnerabilities and disclose it uh, to the companies uh, so they they could mitigate the vulnerabilities or remediate them. So what we're doing is we're trying to understand and think what are the most common platforms that most uh, people uh, or factories are using. So I'm coming from a SCADA background, which means, as you can see uh, in the background behind it, this is, our, this is our lab with lots of OT and IoT equipment. This is actually a critical infrastructure equipment that is... Uh, the brain behind critical infrastructures such as gas distribution, oil distribution, electrical distribution, water facilities. So these are PLCs, these are the controllers, that are actually the fundamental, the brain behind any critical uh, process. And so we try to understand uh, what our customers are using, uh, what, what, what are the most common platforms in those critical infrastructures, and we want to make sure they, they are not vulnerable, so attackers could not uh, break into them. So what we're, what we're doing is we're getting these devices, we're setting up all of them in our lab, and we're trying to poke around and understand how they're working, what the setup is, is looked like, and how can we uh, find vulnerabilities in them. So what we're doing to do that, so we're break, we're trying to kind of uh, break them. So we're uh, taking the hardware apart, we're taking the firmware, so we're starting to investigate the firmware and, uh, and analyze what are the attack vectors that potentially attackers could abuse in order to infiltrate into these devices. So for example, if we're finding a vulnerability in, in the firmware, we're trying to exploit it, which means we're trying to create a POC that will actually use this vulnerability to the attacker's benefit, and with this vulnerability at his hand, they will be able to achieve code execution. So they will be able to take con- fully control on this device, and from there, they could affect the process. So, for example, they could change the temperature uh, of the water, or they can change the amount of electricity that is allowed to, do, to be distributed. So. This is kind of the thought process and what we're doing in our lab and in our daily routine clarity.
1: Right, so I think that brings me to a really fascinating idea. You know, most people that are working in the, techs, in the tech place or the tech ecosystem, you know, they have a, yeah, they have a task. They know that they're gonna be developing it. They know that there's gonna be a deadline for the task and this feature is gonna be deployed. And these are the KPIs. You don't really have that. You don't have the luxury of saying, you know, we need to find the vulnerability by tomorrow. You know sometimes you don't even know if there is a vulnerability exactly. we assume there is but how do you mitigate you know sort of this the uncertainty behind the life cycle of, of finding these vulnerabilities
0: yeah it's a really good question so researching is all about the unknown journey so you get a device you start poking around but you don't know really when you will finish this journey so uh What we're trying to do is before defining KPIs for each project, we're trying to understand what are the attack vectors. So once we have the device, let's say we know it has uh, a network capabilities or it loads files from certain places, we're starting to understand what are the attack vectors that attacker could potentially uh, attack and exploit. Once we have the attack vectors, we're trying to assess... How much time we will need in order to, to reverse engineer the entire, uh, let's say, the entire uh, platform or the entire attack vector uh, functions, so we could have a better understanding of how the device is working and how potentially the attacker will attack the device. And mm-hmm. once we have all the all the information that we need, I mean, all the assessment is complete then only then we're defining KPIs of how much time it will take us to find a vulnerability if, if it exists or not. And so we're scoping this in a very uh, specific timeframe before moving before declaring turnover vulnerabilities or finding vulnerabilities and moving on to the next project.
1: That, That makes a lot of sense. Now, once you find a vulnerability what how does that work how do you know you find the vulnerability you mentioned that then you run the poc's you sort of put the red team head on and you want to see okay what what can we do with this and let's say that you found something crazy you found something insane like being able to change the amount of to run code that changes the amount of electricity that is now being distributed first of all you know beyond you know the what happens in the professional world how do how what is the reaction within your team as the team leader you know from a leadership perspective How do you manage this now reaction and the either excitement, stress, whatever it may be?
0: Yeah, so uh, every time we're finding vulnerability, specifically remote code execution, uh, we're very happy, of course, because it means we're doing our job right. Uh, And so uh, we bought actually a big enter button. And once we have, it's like a gong. So once we're finding vulnerability, we are pressing on the enter. So so it's like a gong. Uh, And yeah, there is... A lot of excitement and uh, we're very happy because it means we're doing our job right and we, uh, we have brilliant researchers. And actually, up until now, we found around 250 vulnerabilities. So that's, that's quite a massive number. And after we find a vulnerability, we're disclosing this to the appropriate vendors. Uh, so, for example, Microsoft is a vendor, Cisco is a vendor, um, Rockwell, Schneider Automation is a vendor, so there are a lot of vendors in this ecosystem, and we're disclosing the vulnerability to the vendor, which means we're creating a POC that reproduces the exploitability of this vulnerability, and we're we're writing a short report with all of our findings, and we're sending this to the vendor. Usually, big vendors are very happy to receive... Uh, reports from researchers because uh, it helps them to mitigate these vulnerabilities so it helps them to make their products more secure so they're happy with this and so we're working with the vendor we're disclosing all the information to them and we're working with them so they uh, sometimes ask for our advice how uh, should they fix the vulnerability And for a couple of months, we're uh, communicating and working with them to remediate the vulnerability. So once the vulnerability is remediated, usually the vendor issues, fixes or patches to its customers. And Mm -hmm. only then is when we're assigning a CVE. So a CVE is like an identification number for the vulnerability. So all the asset owners could have the knowledge of what they need to do if they're vulnerable to this uh, CV or this vulnerability. And usually what they need to do is to patch and uh, upgrade it to the new release. So basically this life cycle of uh, researching finding vulnerabilities and disclosing to the vendor really helps and improves the entire security of the whole market. So uh, vendors are enjoying this uh, benefit of receiving uh, free reports from security researchers and asset owners are safer because other attackers could not exploit these vulnerabilities because they have been patched.
1: What are some leadership challenges that you may face or one may face as they're leading a team of researchers that obviously it requires different leadership management and styles than, than managing a traditional business team or a traditional team of even just engineers? What, what what kind of skills or challenges are you faced with in your day-to-day?
0: Yeah, so it's a good question. I, I really think that uh, leading a team of an ability researchers is, is quite different from leading a team of developers uh, because these are hackers and hackers do not like to play by the rules, uh, which means you need to be very creative with how you manage them and how you work with them on a team. So usually it's not like... Um, boss and employee, it's more like working together towards achieving a goal. And we must be very creative when we're working together as a team, because finding vulnerabilities means we need to uh, bypass some security mitigations. So we need to be very creative when we're doing that. Uh, and so I think that the biggest challenge is to know how to work with hackers, uh, in a, in a team and be creative together.
1: So, is it mandatory, sort of, that you are one of them? Do you think that somebody who's not a hacker, who was not, a, who who isn't able to do the work that you're doing, would, could they be a successful team leader, and you know, an, an intimate team leader of such an organization?
0: So it really depends how independent the security researchers are. There are some security researchers that like to play along. So they're lone wolves and they receive a task, find vulnerability in this device, and they will do anything in their power to, to achieve this. But when you're doing uh, in vulnerability research at scale, so we have here hundreds of devices and we're finding vulnerabilities at scale of hundreds, we need to be very efficient and we need to have lots of manpower and working together so we could uh, accomplish this task.
1: That, that makes a lot of sense. What, what do you enjoy most about your work? Is it the before, during, after, all together?
0: So I just love the entire process. I love it, how uh, I need to be creative and push my boundaries every day to find what new vulnerabilities because vendors are fixing vulnerabilities and we still need to find vulnerabilities and bypass their security mitigations. And I really enjoy working with vendors and actually see how they think, how their developers and engineering teams are thinking about security. And I like the interaction of a security researcher and a developer engineer working together in order to create uh, the most secure devices uh, in the world. So uh, right now I can say uh, with some confidence that uh, because of our uh, innovative research, I do know that the Scada world and the OT and IT devices are much, much, much more secure. So I really enjoying the fact that we can shape and make some influence on the security state of in the entire Scada market. So
1: obviously, when you're approaching a company or a vendor and you share with them a vulnerability that you found, especially one that allows one to run remote code, you know there is a big, uh, you know there is it's a positive idea that you did because you found it and hopefully before anybody was able to exploit it but what is the initial reaction like what is sort of the reception that you get from a company and it's like oh shoot we have a problem on our hand is that is it shock is it you know anger what, what what kind of feedback do you get
0: yeah so it really depends actually the size of the company big mm-hmm. companies are 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 well adapted to this kind of situation, that they're receiving security reports from uh, researchers. But smaller companies that they, it's their first time uh, are very hesitant in. So I have a funny story. Uh, we found a vulnerability in, in, uh, in a PLC, which is a controller for a critical infrastructure. And we reported this for the first time for a very small company, uh, relatively small company. And they did not understand, they could not understand why... We're uh, using our free time uh, and sending them information for free, so they thought we're trying to blackmail them. So it was a very kind of fine, uh, funny interaction uh, where we tried to explain them that we're security researchers and we're doing this for the community and for the uh, benefit of the entire market. And so it took them I'm some
1: unbelievable. Yeah, I I love it. Where does a security researcher in your eyes draw the inspiration or creativity? Is it from reading, you know, from, from re- different reading sources, remaining up to date? Where is the inspiration coming from to have this ingenuity to go and try all these different things?
0: Yeah, so as a security researcher myself, I can say that as a kid, I drew my uh, kind of uh, motivation from movies, hacker movies. Uh, And today I'm drawing my motivation from uh, great uh, security researchers around the world and uh, from CTFs. So CTFs are kind of uh, um, hacking uh, competitions where you need to hack devices and software to achieve flags. And I really enjoy playing CTFs and hacking competitions myself. And I think it uh, really improves my skills and uh, improves and uh, supports my motivation towards this uh, subject.
1: Amazing. And where in your eyes is the world going with this? So do you think that, you know, this model is, is the right way to go, that we have, you know, a lot of vendors, and then we have these small security teams that are going to be researching the vulnerabilities? Hey, are we going to have more vulnerability researchers as, though, as, as, you know, time moves forward? What, how, how should the world adapt to the need that you're observing today?
0: Yeah, so it's a good question. In in modern companies, uh, you don't have just developers or engineers. You have developers uh, or engineering team, and you also have a security team or red team that are poking around internally on the product because developers or engineers need to be focused on developing fast their products. And sometimes they have some oversights and they're, they're doing security mistakes, but since they wrote the code, they don't have... Uh, the, the option to uh, to make these observations towards security. So that's why they need external entities or internal, like rent internal red teams, to do this kind of job. Uh, and I do think security researchers like us that are doing this uh, uh, across the entire platforms are very a uh, necessity in this ecosystem because with the IoT world, it's, so you have lots of devices uh, your refrigerator is connected to the internet. Everyone can connect to to everyone to everywhere. You have lots of devices, and you need someone to poke around and make sure uh, vulnerabilities are found and mitigated before attackers would do that.
1: I love it, and and Shawan, I you know all this is in the context of you know literally you know we're talking about companies and one of the things i love most about the show is talking to people that are making a positive impact on the world and you know immediately when you hear about this about a team that is finding vulnerable that is doing vulnerability threats research you don't immediately think of you know the positive impact but but the truth is that it's life-saving and and that you know the, the work that you're doing you know you're you're dealing with the hardware without with the connected devices that are then You know the the things that are powering our hospitals, that they're powering the the world, all this infrastructure, and so obviously these vulnerabilities can be life threatening, and so by mitigating them, you're actually life saving, and and I think that the context here is important, and and a lot of people need to thank people Mm -hmm. like you and and teams like yourselves for the work that you're doing, and Clarity is an amazing company by an an amazing organization, Mm -hmm. and so it's I'm I'm you already have a big fan here, and I really want to thank you for your time. This was just inspiring and really really fun. And interesting and uh, thank you stay safe and stay healthy
0: yeah thank you so much it was such a great time thank you thank, thank you. you very much Nicole.